Um, there's a picture that's going to come up on the screen just now of what you may, if you're an archaeologist or have some training in that field, recognize are what are known as cup and ring marks. They are essentially prehistoric rock art on stones, and there's a lot of them in Scotland, and they're, this one, we think, is about 5,000 years old. And uh, I studied archaeology of Scotland as part of an outside course during my study. So I had a bit of an interest in this stuff, especially when we were driving along a road one day, and I saw a, one of these historic Scotland signs to the site, which we didn't know was there, but we decided to go and check it out, me and my wife. And it was reasonably interesting. You may think it's just rock with some holes, and that's basically what it is. Um, but I was quite interested. And what made it more interesting was that in all of these little cups, the, by the way, these holes, the little round holes, they're called the cups. And you'll see up there, there's some rings as well. That's why they're called cup and ring marks. But anyway, in these cups and in the little pond and across the whole face of the rock were hundreds, if not thousands, of little tadpoles. They had, uh, you know, a couple of frogs had, you know, what happened. And they had managed to spawn this whole lot of tadpoles, and they were everywhere across the face of the rock, and especially in these little cups, there was all these little tadpoles, and it was quite cool to see it all, but soon enough, my, me and my wife realized that the sun had now come out, and soon enough, if we just left those tadpoles to their own devices, they were all going to very, the ones in the little holes especially, the, the water was going to evaporate, and those little tadpoles were going to be, you know stuck and fried to the side of the, the rock face. And so Katrina, in her compassion, decided to set about rescuing as many of these little tiny tadpoles as she could, scooping them in to the pool in the middle, trying to make sure that at least some of them had the opportunity to become the frogs that they were destined to be. <laughs> and uh, she, of course, couldn't have reached all of them and didn't manage to save all of them. But for the ones that she did save, for them, it was literally a matter of life and death. And church, if this little cup here represents Gorgi, and this one over here, I could really use a laser point at this point, represents Leaf, then we've only really got the opportunity to maybe reach into this little area and this little area and that little area there. But what you'll notice is that there's an entire rock face full of little pockets that represent lives. We were hearing last week and in the video that 800,000 people across the city are not connected with church and therefore very possibly not connected with Jesus Christ. And if we believe that Jesus is the only way to God. He's the only way to be sure that after death we have eternal security. If that's the message that we believe, do we believe that, by the way? If that's the message we believe, then surely the implications are that if we don't do all we can to reach the other areas that we're not yet touching, then there's a whole lot of lives that are gonna be lost. So that is what 2020 vision is all about. It's not about becoming a larger church for the sake of becoming larger. It's not about spreading a destiny brand. It's about reaching our city one life at a time. And uh, starting new locations, going to where the people are is about the best strategy we know to fulfill this goal. So that's why. That's why we're doing this. We could be a comfortable church. We could just settle down in Gorgie, graft here, work here, enjoy life here and in Leith as well. But we believe God is calling us to something bigger. And that's why. The next question I want to ask you and discuss this morning is the question of who? Who is going to lead? Is that me? Do I need to fiddle with this? No. I'm talking about the microphone. Who is going to lead each location and how are we going to structure things? Well, Peter has asked me to announce this morning that in the summer uh, he's going to retire. That's a lie. I uh, just thought... I would see what your reaction was. Some of you almost, I don't know. Either. <laughs> Although he's 40 this year, Peter 
is very much going to remain the senior pastor at Destiny Church Edinburgh. How many of you love Pete? Woo! Uh, Pete and Ange founded the church in Edinburgh. They're a total blessing, and myself and the leadership team are going to be enthusiastically following their lead for as long as God allows us to. And Peter will very much continue to keep his eye on the whole. He'll continue to set the course of the church uh, alongside the other folks in the team. But what will be changing, uh, and these changes will be felt in some locations more than others, is that we will be setting in uh, location pastors, and in one case a location team, into each of the venues. You know, you may be aware that in Leith, it already has a location pastor who is Sammy Ewan, who I'm told is in the middle somewhere uh, looking after his parents, making sure they behave themselves. Is that what you told me, Sammy? Something like that, yeah. This is Sammy and Helen, his wife, who is very much a part of things down there. That is not changing. Sammy will remain the campus, uh, the location pastor down there. And uh, he will look after things. And what we've discovered in giving him that remit and that responsibility is that the church down there has really come to a place of health and strength. And it's been a really beneficial thing that we've done. Gorgi uh, has been led so far loosely by a, a team. And uh, that team consists of several elders. Myself is being one of them, Andrew McGrehan, who is another. Are you here, Andrew? You all know Andrew. Uh, and James Stout over there as well are part, have been part of, of the leadership team, the eldership team here in Gorgie. And we'll, we're not going anywhere, sorry. We're staying. Uh, we'll remain very much involved in carrying weight here in Gorgie. But we're feeling in the new season that lies ahead, it's right to set in uh, a lead figure here, a face for the place, as it were. And in the case of Gorgie, that particular face, hopefully attached to the rest of himself, uh, is Mr. Paul Graham. So let's hear it for Paul. Um, you now have to refer to him as Reverend Paul, and uh, that's definitely a joke. And he and his wife Mandy will be very much having their feet on the ground here, um, looking after things here. And uh, we've really felt that over the last one and a half years that they've been here, that the church, especially here in Gorgie, has felt a lot more anchored, uh, and they've been a blessing, and we look forward to seeing all that God will do as uh, these folks head up stuff that's happening here in Gorgie. In the new Edinburgh, North Edinburgh location, uh, we're going to be setting in a leadership team who will consist of two couples. Uh, the two couples are Judith and Vishal. I haven't seen any of these people. I really hope they're here in church because they're speaking. Hello. Stand up here for a second, guys. Judith and Vishal from Leith. And uh, Pete and Alex Kitchen. Peter is a doctor and is working, but Alex is here, and you'll hear from her a little bit later. So these guys are going to be leading as a team the new location in the north of Edinburgh. I guess you'll mute this at this point. And they'll collaboratively, collaboratively be spearheading everything that's happening in the north of the city. And that's all going to be kicking off uh, in September officially, although there's a lot of work that's going on behind the scenes even right now. And we'll be hearing from all of these folks in a couple of minutes' time. Um, that's why we've got Jeremy Kyle type thing going on here. Um, but just before we do that, uh, I've got to share a few things that I'm not really sure that Many of you are going to be really riveted, but can you do your best to look as riveted as you can? Is that okay? You promise? You'll do, don't look bored on me now, all right? I'm going to cover some stuff here just in terms of the structure of the church, what the structure of the church is going to look like uh, going forward. You know, as a building grows, as a building gets bigger, um, it's really important that the structure is in place to, to handle that. Otherwise, some part somewhere is going to end up carrying weight that it not, ought not to be carrying all by itself. And uh, if the structure is right, on the other hand, that just means that no person or no part of the structure is going to end up bearing more of the weight than they really should be bearing. And the whole thing can keep growing from a place of, of peace and ease. And that's our heart in all of this. And uh, I've got a little table over here. This is where it really would be helpful if that mic had worked, but we'll give it a whirl without it. I've got a table over here, and uh, it represents, the columns in this table represent uh, the location. So here we've got Gorgie, here we've got Leith, and here we've got North. 
In those various locations, uh, we have obviously the, the leadership teams and the location pastors. So here we've got Paul Graham plus Mandy. In Leith, we've got Sammy plus Helen. In North, we've got Vishal and Jude and Alex and Pete. And uh, so these columns represent the locations, and there'll be others as we grow. And these rows represent the departments in the church. So we could have things like preaching. You can have worship. Man, my writing's terrible. We could have kids, and we could have social action. I know you probably can't all see that, but hopefully you get the general idea. And uh, these various departments are headed up by specific individuals. So Peter Anderson currently and will continue to head up the preaching across the church. Worship, Stevie Granger has recently taken on leading worship, uh, and he's going to be leading worship and managing the team over in all of the different locations. Kids, Kitty Corbett or Catherine Corbett uh, is looking after currently kids in Gorgie, and her role will, will become a role across the whole church. And social action, Judith Dara, has been looking after that and will continue to look after that in each of the locations. So each of these cells represents individuals, if you like. And uh, so here in Gorgie, for example, Catherine Corbett has been spearheading the kids' stuff there. Um, but she's getting a little bit more time, and her responsibility will be released into other areas as well. She's been supporting uh, Helen and Noreen down in Leith a little bit. Uh, going forward, she'll be supplying them with a lot more stuff and supporting them as best she can. And in North, she'll be looking for a particular individual to run out kids' ministry in that location. And very much the same will, will take place in all of these uh, in all of these kind of scenarios, and we could keep going on, keep going on, filling out the whole table in terms of the departments that are part of the church. And how it's going to work in terms of uh, what these guys do and what they're responsible for, I suppose in, in the vertical direction, you could say things like pastoring and discipleship and vision uh, will travel in that direction vertically down the board. Across the locations, um, these folks, the department heads on this side of the table, will be supplying resources and coaching and support and accountability and stuff like that across uh, the church, across in that horizontal dimension. So that's a little bit about how the leadership structure is going to work going forward. I hope that helps some of you. Some of you won't care. Some of you didn't know, and it's interesting to know, but hopefully you can see that we have at least thought about it and we know exactly, to the best of our ability, how the whole structure is going to work. This model has been used in numerous churches and is, it's found to be very successful. So that's the way we're going to be working going forward. But enough about that. We're going to get into the Jeremy Kyle part of the, the show this morning. Um, so we're going to hear from each of the leaders in each of the locations and how, in particular, they plan to impact the community that they will be based in. So let's hear it for Paul and Mandy, Sammy and Helen, Jude, Vishal, and uh, Alex. And as they're coming up to the stage, I'm just going to remind them that they have seven minutes each per location. So who's going to be the official timekeeper? So you guys can grab your seats, and I will more or less immediately hand over to Paul and Mandy, who are going to share specifically about what they see is going to be happening in and around Gorgie. So I'll hand over to you, Paul. Good morning. Morning, Gorgie. Morning. Fascinating fact about Gorgi. Did you know that the original spelling of Gorgi was G-O-R-G-Y-N-E? Is that not fascinating? No, it's not. And its original meaning is spacious wedge of land. So welcome to a spacious wedge of land. That changes nothing. Mandy and I prefer our own interpretation of Gorgi, and this is it. Gorgeous Gorgie. Gorgie. Part of this amazing and great city of Edinburgh. Gorgie has its own history. Gorgie has its own part to play in God's plan 
for this city. Destiny as a church began meeting here in Gorgie on the 31st of August 2008. There was a clear need for a vibrant church in this locality. And over these years, God has been gracious. God has blessed his work and his church and reached the community. So much has been done for which we are thankful. Yes? So much has still to be done. Mandy and I were led by God to become part of the Destiny Edinburgh Church family in the summer of 2013. It is our huge privilege, we are blessed to be part of this church, to build on what many people have been doing for many years. We are excited about the doors that God is opening for us as part of 2020 vision. As a couple for some time, we waited upon God as to what our part should be in this vision. And we believe that God is leading us to serve the church and the community in Gorgie. We pray that our experience from other church settings in France and in Scotland can further build in, on what has already been achieved. A prayer of David from the Old Testament again resonates in my heart, where David says, Who am I, O Lord God? What is my family that you have brought me this far? I want us to think for the next few minutes of the city, but act locally here in Gorgie. What is on our heart as a couple for the church and for the community? Are you with me? Gorgie, the church. I am still passionate about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is a unique message. It is the power of God to salvation. Five of you nodded. I am still passionate about the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. Thank you. But Jesus did not call us to make converts. He calls us to make disciples. And discipleship is at the heart of this church. That is played out in many ways. One way is the importance of small groups. I believe passionately that small groups should not be seen as optional, but absolutely key to life in church. Altogether lunch. Sharing food together is not just a great idea. It is actually biblical. How often did Jesus do real discipleship around a table? We're going to have lunch today, and part of what we're going to do is enjoy food, but also discipleship. One new, exciting ministry just getting off the ground is something that Mandy is now going to share with us. Um, I know this is completely irrelevant, but for any of you who've seen Miss Congeniality, every time I get handed a microphone to go, and world peace. However, <laughs> so the 20s and 30s um, ministry aims to serve young adults. By discipleship in small groups, peers will grow deeper in their relationship with God and with each other. Through discipleship, we will help each other share in the life of the wider family, the wider Destiny family. Through this group and through other ministries in Destiny, we aim to serve our Destiny community and the communities in which we live. We aim to do life together. This is an area um, that for a number of years Paul and I have had on our minds and in our hearts and we're really excited to be part of the 20s and 30s. Thanks, Mandy. And under the umbrella of discipleship, two new possibilities, not yet off the ground, but a discipleship study group meeting in the city center to explore faith and the workplace. And that's something I hope to start in the next few weeks. And also exciting, a group for those in their 60s. Let's hear it for the 60s. 
that they would meet together and share life and share faith, and that from that, we begin to impact those in their 60s in our community who do not yet know Jesus. Gorgi the church. Gorgi the community. We're only scratching the surface. Thousands around us are lost. Alpha, Christmas, Easter, summer mission, great ways of impacting our community. Let me tell you about two new initiatives. And these are only possible because we still operate as one church in different locations. We're still one church, guys. We're working in different locations. Let me tell you about the coffee stop. Coffee stop is for women who face difficult life circumstances and as a result suffer from isolation and financial difficulties. Coffee Stop provides a safe and a welcoming place for them to connect with each other and to find one-to-one support. Coffee Stop launched itself in Leith in September 2013 and has become really popular. And I am delighted to say that Coffee Stop will be starting in Gorgie on Wednesday the 4th of March. And we need volunteers for that. If you would love to be part of that, you simply have to have a passion for Jesus and a passion for people. And if you're interested to find out more, please speak to Hazel. Hazel, who's sitting here and is coordinating Coffee Stop. DSI, I said DSI, not CSI. Destiny Street Impact. I'm delighted that the Destiny Street Impact leaders have just started this month sending a team out from Gorgie. They meet here on a Thursday at half past six. They make sandwiches and hot drinks, and they set out into the city center to make contact with those who are begging on the streets. Last week, 18 individuals were spoken to. The love of Jesus was displayed to them, and the gospel was shared. If you're interested to find out more about that, please speak to Jude, who is here. Another exciting initiative is the GO team, the Gospel Outreach team, a team from Gorgie going out into the streets with the gospel to pray, to pray for healing, to pray for salvation, taking the gospel out of our building onto the streets. We hope that the GO team will be ready to go just after Easter. Let me ask you a question as I finish. When you think of church, do you think of church as a cruise ship or a battleship? If you see it as a cruise ship, then you come so your needs are met, so that you're comfortable and so that others serve you. If you understand church as a battleship, then you understand that we have a clear and we have a noble mission. You will understand that we are in a battle. You will understand that as a ship, as a crew, we are under a higher and ultimate authority. You will understand that as a crew, we work together to care for one another and to equip one another. And each member of the crew contributes significantly the gifting that he or she has been given. The exciting thing is our mission will succeed. And more than that, we will be honored for our efforts. Gorgeous Gorgie. God has great plans to bless this church and our community. Mandy and I are excited about what lies ahead. Jesus, the captain of our faith, calls us to get on board. Will you sign up? Will you answer the call? Will you get on board as God leads us into the next exciting chapter? Thank you. Now I can introduce Mr. Sammy Ewan. Is it you or your wife or both? Okay, Sammy. Let's hear for Sammy. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Just a, a really important thing I need to say this morning, and it's this. You don't have to be Irish to be a pastor here in the church, Okay. It's really important you know that. 
really important that we're not being biased this morning. <laughs> Helen and I have been down in Leith for a number of years now. Um, many of you, I, I know many faces here this morning, some of you I won't know very well, um, but we've been involved in pastoring the church down there and loving it uh, and enjoying all that, that God is doing. We're just going to share a few things with you this morning about similar along to uh, Paul about what, what we feel for the church and also what we feel about what God's asking us to do in the local community. A few things just to let you know about Leith. I don't know if you know Leith very well, but uh, a few facts that will help you kind of give a bit of context uh, to the church and the location there. Um, Leith, according to the 2011 census, so that's four years ago, was the fastest growing district in Edinburgh fastest growing district in Edinburgh. And we've noticed that in the church. We've had 12 babies this year uh, already. So I I don't know what that tells you about Leithers, but we'll let you work that out. Um, If you know Leith well, uh, the main kind of road down into Leith, Leith Walk, and then also parallel to that, you've got another road called Easter Road. In between uh, those two roads... Uh, all of the flats there, if you know that area of town well, it's actually the most densely populated area in the whole of Scotland, 800 square mile, 22,000 people. It's a lot of people. And the reality of Leith is that uh, 10%, which is quite a large proportion of the population, are of non-white ethnicity, which is great. So in Leith, you have this uh, amazing mix of different nationalities, Many who are in our church, I think the last count we have over 35 different nationalities, and we love that, we celebrate that, uh, and we think that's amazing. Um, and it gives great scope into Leith and to reaching many different people. You'll know uh, as well that Leith has large areas of, of deprivation historically, although in recent times they've had a number of regeneration projects which are doing uh, very well. But here's some things I found out recently. Only 2% of the population of Leith actually attend church. That's 98% of about 50,000 people that potentially are not connected to God. Uh, And that's the situation uh, that we find ourselves, Helen and I, in the church. We represent, if you count us up as a church and and divide that into the population, we represent about 0.4% of the Leith population. So there's many ways that you can look at that. You can look at that and be completely overwhelmed and think, oh my goodness, I don't want to move to Leith. And that's what I first thought when I moved there. But you can also look at it, actually, this is an incredible opportunity. There are many, many people in that area uh, that have already connected to the church, got saved through what we're doing uh, down in Destiny Leith and fantastic potential for the future uh, for so many people that are disconnected from God. So we're excited about the future. We're excited uh, about what God's going to do through us and through the church down in Leith. Let me just share a few things that we're slightly changing or doing. Helen's going to share a few things that are happening with the kids. But let me share a few things that we, as we've been praying at the start of this year, things that we're doing and also changing. One thing we've realized, and you'll find out in a moment, hearing from Jude, or maybe you're not hearing from Jude this morning, but Jude is moving on to the north location, and she's been very much involved uh, with us down in Leith, and it's going to be very sad to see her go. Um, So we're seeing a feeling a need that actually in this next season, uh, Helen and I are are going to be building a leadership team around us. You can pray towards us uh, as we do that. Uh, We realize that we have blind spots, and it's really good to have a team in place on the ground. And so we're going to be doing that in the next season down in Leith. Another thing just to say as well, as part of one of the reasons that we're moving in this direction is because God spoke to us a number of months ago. Remember when we had that prayer and fasting time? God gave us two words. One was mission and the other was prayer. And we need to remember as we're moving forward in mission, that's partly what these three vision messages are about. We need to remember that God's also called us to, to pray and to be a prayerful church. And one of the things that we really want to see happen in Leith uh, over this next season is to see an intercession team, a prayer team uh, raised up 
uh, uh, down in Leith. We know there's a great one uh, under Emperor. Uh, give us a wave, Emperor. Um, here in Gorgon, we'd love to see that happen in Leith. As part of uh, other things that we do locally, um, if you're not involved in Leith, we do lots of things reaching out into the community. We're going to be continuing to do that. We get involved in a thing called the Leith Festival, a crazy festival which happens during the summer. We'll be continuing to connect with that and hoping this year to do a few more church on the streets, which we did many years ago uh, in the Leith area. But Helen's going to come up and just share a few things that we're going to be doing and changing uh, with the kids. So let's hear it for Helen. Hi, I'm Helen. So as Sammy said, you don't have to be Irish, but you do have to wear a blue blazer if you come to Luke. So um, I've been in the church since 2005. Um, I don't work for the church, but um, I've been involved in lots of different aspects from students to stewarding to kids. And over the last two or three years, really, there was a need for volunteers in the kids team. So um, along with some great guys, I've been heading that up. And we've been really seeing that grow and um, really take some foundations over the last few years from um, having a few kids to getting a real core team of about 16 to 20 primary kids consistently. So that's been really great, and we give God thanks for that. Um, one of the things I love about Gorgie, in, especially in the morning, is there's a real sense of family here. There's so many kids. It was great to see all the kids worshipping this morning. And you guys do that really well. And I think we can learn a lot from you. Um, and Kitty and the team have done that really, you know, really built strength into that. So um, take time to appreciate them and to say thank you, because I think they do a really fantastic job. And um, we want to develop the kids we, we see a lot of need you know when I stepped off the bus as a student coming down into Leith the first thing you notice is there's mums with prams there's babies there's families and there's a real need for them to connect um, with the church and we want to really develop that over the 2020 vision so um, practically things like making space for the primary kids Leith is quite a small building and has small rooms for the primary kids and there's not really enough space so we practically want to knock down some walls and make some space but we also want to develop the creche we want to um, make space for all the mums that are with the little tiny babies we want to really develop a youth team so really just connecting with kids that aren't in the community as well as um, discipling those that are already within the church um, and thinking about doing an outreach in the summer, a bit like what you did with the summer missions this year. So really want to champion families in Leith and um, disciple them and make space for them. Thank you, Helen. Going to hand over to our newest uh, location. Who's going to go first? Judith, let's hear for Jude. Good morning. Um, yeah, I'm Judith, or Jude, if you don't know me. I'm normally based down in Leith, but been part of the church since 2003, which is quite a long time. So it's me, Vishal, Alex, and then Pete, who's not here. Um, we're part of the, the team going to be spearheading the North. So first of all, what do we mean by Destiny Edinburgh North? Because Destiny Edinburgh Gorgie, Destiny Edinburgh Leith, kind of you can lock it down into community and you know it's based in a community reaching out to the surrounding areas. Destiny Edinburgh North, not quite so definite. And we feel for, because of the character of that area, that we're not to be locked down into a specific community, hence Destiny Edinburgh North. So when we talk about Destiny Edinburgh North, we might not have a map. Do we have a map? Yes, we have a map. Right, so Destiny Edinburgh North, these are the areas that we're thinking of when we say north. So right here over to the, the northwest, you've got Crammond, you've got Barnton, you've got Davison, Mains and Sylvanaus. And then it goes down to sort of the Craigleith and then Stockbridge and then round up to the northeast to include Trinity. And then in between, you've got Muirhouse, you've got Pilton, you've got Granton, you've got Drylaw. So those are the areas that we're thinking of, that we're focusing on when we say Destiny, Edinburgh North. In this area, there's about 50,000 people. It's a very diverse area when you look at the statistics. So you've got great wealth, but also great poverty. So when you look at the Northwest, when you look at Crammond, um, 
over 80% of those houses are owned. If you've ever walked around Cramond, those are nice houses. It is in the top 10% of wealthiest places in Scotland. It's got the highest employment rate, highest education rate, highest area of people with skills and training. So a very affluent area, which you'll see sort of imaged in Stockbridge and Trinity. Then you've got the areas in the middle, which... If you've been around Edinburgh for not very long, you will learn it's not the case when it comes to affluence. This, these areas are on the opposite end. They are in the sort of top 5% of the most deprived areas in Scotland. So great need. Um, your house, Pilton, Granton, Drylaw, sort of included in the areas with the highest unemployment, the lowest education, um, highest levels of deprivation, as you'll see from the dark marks um, on the map. So a great contrast of need in that area. There'll be great scope for Destiny Angels and social action. Um, but the, the challenge is, is we've got these great diverse areas, reaching them for the gospel. Um, these areas are very distinct communities. So each of them physically are sort of quite isolated from one another, also culturally quite isolated from each other. Um, in the past, they've been known for being quite territorial. So that's why we're not basing right in the middle of Muir House, because the likelihood then of reaching people from Pilton or from Granton or from Cramond would be quite would be limited by being locked down there. Um, there is a huge, huge need, not just materially in these areas, because some of these areas don't have a material need, but there is a huge, huge spiritual need in these areas. Um, if you've been at First Sunday the last month, Andrew Owen, our apostle, was talking very much about how on his heart is youth and those that have disconnected um, from church. And we've been doing weekly Thursday outreaches in this area. And we found a great positive response from the students in that area that go to Edinburgh College. Um, and we're connecting a lot with people that have disconnected from church because of a lack of churches in the area. So we know that going into this area, we will be connecting with those two people groups as well as other people as well. There's a great openness on a Thursday to the gospel and the idea of a new church being in the area. But even talking to other Christian leaders in that area, there are some great churches that are serving the community and been there for years, and we want to honour them. But even those are saying there is a great, great need for more churches in that area that will connect with the locality, that will reach out to the people there, and that will disciple them. There is a huge absence of that. And so we are not going in sort of just plonking ourselves in. We're going in there to serve in an area where it is hugely, hugely needed. Um, and one of the words that we've got whilst walking around this area um, is from Exodus, where um, we just had this word where God was just saying, I've heard the cries of my people, let my people go. Um, and if you put that into a new covenant context, you know, slavery, enslaved by sin, enslaved by fear, enslaved by poverty or mindsets. And God has heard the cries of the people in North Edinburgh. And he wants us to go with the message of the gospel and so that his people can be let go, set free by the power of his gospel. So I'm going to hand over to Alex and she's going to share more about how that's going to look practically and our attitude in doing that as well. Good morning, church. Um, just following on from what Jude has said, um, we are going into an area of the, of the city that has a huge diversity of need. Um, there are many people who are living in extreme deprivation, and there's people who are living in extreme wealth. These two things present very different needs, but needs nonetheless. And those needs can only be met, as Judas rightly said, through the gospel. Um, and that is what we as a church have the ability to bring into this area of the city is the gospel of Jesus. We cannot do it on our own. There's, there's no point in us going out and thinking, oh, we have the answers to the, for these people. We don't. Only God has the answer. God has sent his son to die for all of us. And we are so blessed to already know that. But there are so many people in the city who don't know that yet. I and mean, we have to go out and we have to reach them for the gospel of Jesus. So there's two things that we as a, as a team have been feeling that God has put on our heart in order to, um, to share the gospel. And these things are engaging an established community. 
as Judith said, there's a lot of sort of deprivation and a lot of wealth. Um, there's, the community in the north is a really established community. A lot of these people have been there for many, many years. The rest of Edinburgh is quite transient. There's a lot of students coming and going. And that's certainly been a, a big proportion of our experience as a church so far, as a transient community. Whereas in the north, actually, a lot of these people have been there for a long time and will continue to be. So, you know, we can't come in and into the north thinking, oh, we're coming, we don't want to look as a, as a church that we're coming from the outside in. We want to sort of infiltrate the community. We want to get alongside people and just do life with them. So we want to engage an established community. And there's two um, character traits that we think we really need to have as we do this. Humility and boldness. We need to be humble in our approach. We need to just befriend people, get alongside them, get to know them. Um, and just, yeah, be humble in our approach to them. Don't presume that we have all of the answers, but we need to be confident and bold as we share the gospel with them. Through our humility, they will respect us more. They will be more, um, more able to receive the gospel. And we cannot shy away from telling them the good news that Jesus has died for them, that there is hope for their futures. So we need to be bold as we reach out in this community church. So very briefly, there's a couple of things that we're going to continue to do in the north. We've already been doing Thursday afternoon outreaches, um, and these have proven to be really successful. And um, We're just going around the streets doing one-to-one -one evangelism, speaking to people in the, in the area, getting to know the area. And already lots of people have um, been showing an interest, and in fact, some people have even come to faith already through these outreaches. We're going to start doing Saturday outreaches. We hope to run once a month Saturday outreaches. So there's people like, I've never been able to go out on a Thursday because I have a job. So it'd be really nice to go out on a, on a Saturday when I'm not working usually. So if any of you aren't able to come out on a Thursday, we can go out on a Saturday. Um, we'd like to do that about once a month. Um, Andrew Brown, who's at Destiny College at the moment, he is going to be running an Easter outreach. Um, he's going to be doing that at um, Edinburgh College, and there's been a real interest on the students' part um, in an Easter outreach. As Paul mentioned, there's a summer mission. We'll be um, engaging with the rest of the church in the summer mission um, and other church events throughout the year, such as Carols by Candlelight, Easter, and the Alpha Course. All of these events have proven to be hugely successful. People really love them, enjoy them. They're events that we can bring family and friends to um, and help people um, to hear about Jesus. And finally, there is a lot of sort of social action stuff that we can get involved with. Um, actually, in the north, what we found is a lot, there are lots of people doing various things. And these people have been there for a while, and they know the area. So in um, our approach, we'd like to come alongside people who are already doing great things in the community and learn from them um, and engage the community with them. Um, and secondly, there's discipleship. So what, all those things I've been mentioning are sort of how we're going to get to know the community. And um, the second thing is discipleship. So as a church, we recognize that we're, you know, we are a large church and we need to cater for those of us who are already part of the church. So small groups, just like Paul mentioned, we really strongly encourage everybody that's part of the church. Get into a small group, get discipled, get alongside people who are, you know, that you can share your walk with. And... Um, this is so important for us all as Christians, and as we launch into the north, we really encourage everybody get into a small group. Um, if you're a small group leader, think about who can I raise up to plant a new small group? Who can I um, be mentoring so that they, in a year's time, are going to be great small group leaders? So be thinking about these things if you're, th if you're planning on being part of the north community. We want to make space for all these new believers that are coming to faith. We, we can't just, you know, leave them to flounder in their faith. They need people to help them get to know Jesus better. Um, so we need small group leaders who are willing to take on new believers. So church, what do we need from you? Um, there's two things that I would ask of you. If you particularly, if you live in the north, um, in, in order to engage this community, we need people who are already living there, who know the community well, um, who can just, you know, bring their friends along to church, bring their families along to church. If you live in the north, please consider coming with us. Please consider being part of this team. Um, and finally, please pray. Um, we need a lot of prayer. Um, we as a team really need prayer, so please pray for us, and we'd appreciate that. Um, and pray for all the things that are going on, the events, and the people in the north. And pray for the wider leadership of this church. There is so much excitement and so much that is encouraging 
and just great happening in this church at the moment, but we cannot do it without God. We cannot do it in our own strength, guys. So we really, really, really need just so much prayer. We need God to be with us as we go forward. So please, even if you're staying in Leith or Gorgie, if you're considering coming with us to the north, just wherever you are, please pray for us. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. You guys can go and take your seats. You can you could stay there if you wanted to, but I don't really trust you being behind me. So if you go and sit down. So in terms of how we're going to work going forward, outreach-wise, uh, there are certain things that we will do across the church. Some of them have been mentioned already. Alpha will continue to do across each of the locations. Uh, Cows by Candlelight Easter, each of the locations. This year, the summer mission is, is going to be launching at each of the locations. Um, but as you've heard, uh, we'll are, we're also going to try and tailor-make some of the outreach initiatives to match the, the needs and the opportunities that exist in the communities that we'll be moving into. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the why. We've talked about the who. We've introduced you to the teams. Uh, we're going to now look for the, for the last five, ten minutes or so uh, about what. What will one church in many locations look like? And we're just going to run another quick video clip before uh, I share on that. Hi everyone at Destiny Church. My name is Andrew McCourt and I'm a pastor here at CFC Belfast, a church in Northern Ireland. It is brilliant to bring you a greeting and also to hear about your vision 2020 and also about the expansion that you're currently on moving from two sites to three. I'm actually a father of four children and I remember having one child and then the jump to two children. It was an incredible jump. But then when we went to three, actually, when I look back and reflected, it was easier moving from two to three than it was from one to two. We were just a larger family, and that's what God is doing with you. At CSC, we've been on a similar journey of expansion. And it's not about us becoming a bigger church. It's actually about reaching more people. One of the, also, the other benefits that we have from it is that we are able to bring greater diversity to who we are as a community. We have not just more sites, but we have more expressions. We raise up more leaders. Yes, there's lots of changes. We have to adapt. We're in different places. We've got to create more teams. But many times there are actually more opportunities. So I want to encourage you that you're doing something very special, not only in a strategic city, but I believe that you could be modeling something for the rest of your nation and potentially for Europe as well. So we're thinking of you. We can empathize with you, what you're currently going through. But we want to say it is possible. And thanks for being an incredible church. God bless you. Thank you. You do have to be Irish to send video clips. Okay, it's really, 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 really important to us moving forward uh, that we remain one church in the city. Uh, and we're going to do that. We're going to achieve that by keeping several things, numerous things in common across all of the locations. And the vision is going to be the same in all the locations. It's not going to be one vision for Gorgie, one vision for Leith. It's going to be same vision across the church. Our values will be the same. We'll have the same values in Leith as we will in North, as we will in Gorgie. Financially, uh, we're going to all be operating from the same fund. We're not going to segregate monies. Uh, we're all going to be operating from the same financial pot. Leadership team is going to be the same across all locations. The leadership team will be governing and having its eye over the whole. There will be specific people in specific venues doing specific things, uh, but the leadership team will be over over the whole. So the truth is that uh, you are not and never will be Destiny Church Gorgie. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're not Destiny Church Gorgie. You will, you are, and you always will be a part of Destiny Church Edinburgh. We are one church across the whole city, one family that just happens to meet in several locations. Some other ways that will remain one church across the city, and this is one thing I'm really excited about, is at a couple of points, maybe two or three points during the year, we're going to gather everybody from Gorgie, Leith, and North, and all the other locations as, as we grow into one building for a massive big celebration service. Isn't that going to be cool? 
so people that you said goodbye to when you moved to Gorgon, they stayed in Leith. You go, but it'll be all emotional. You can hug and everything. It'll be beautiful. We can celebrate together all that God is doing. We'll do that a couple of times, maybe three times in the year. That's going to be exciting. Another way we're going to remain one church is to do with the teaching and the preaching in the church. And that's teaching at all levels. So kids and youth are all going to be running the same curriculum. New believers, all the same curriculum. Membership courses will stay the same. Leadership courses will stay the same. And of course, on a Sunday, as has currently been the case, the preaching across the church is going to remain the same. Sunday messages are one of the big moments for us as a leadership team to influence the church. And as we preach a common message across the church, the idea is that we all remain on the same page. We all are understanding what God is saying to us in the moment. So the church remains unified as we preach a a common message. Peter uh, started the church in 1998, and uh, he's been the key preaching voice into the church. And we actually believe that's a key part of what God has gifted him to do and called him to do. So we want that to continue There will be a preaching team, and that team will continue to grow. Um, But for us to remain one church, unified under the leadership of Pastor Peter, uh, we do want to ensure that he has an ongoing, significant voice into the church. We want him to carry a lot of the teaching still. And with more and more locations, that's obviously not going to be possible unless we make some changes. So one of the changes we, we will be making is that we're going to be introducing live streaming as one of the methods by which other locations in the city can hear Peter's voice as often as we feel uh, he need, they need to hear him. And what's that, what that's going to mean for you guys here in Gorgie is that uh, we're going to be set up here as a live stream center, as it were. There'll be new lighting and cameras and equipment so that we can broadcast the message that Pete brings here to the other locations. Peter's still going to visit other locations, Um, but he's likely to be preaching here live in Gorgie every other week. That's the plan. And uh, we're going to work really hard to ensure that the live stream experience is just as good as uh, the experience you would have if the person was here in the flesh. And by the way, the live stream is always going to be the exception rather than the rule. Uh, We don't want to do lots and lots of live streaming. We just want to introduce it as much as we need to, to ensure that, that Pastor Peter and others can continue to input into the other locations as we grow and as we move forward. So that, in a nutshell, I know it's probably been a little bit longer today than usual. That's what happens when you get 17 people to preach. That, in a, in a rather large nutshell, is Vision 2020 Vision Part 2. Uh, it's a vision that is going to require some changes, uh, but we do really believe uh, this is what God is calling us to. I think we're probably the most united as a leadership team as we've ever been in believing that this is what God has got next for us. So we're going to give everything that we've got to it, um, but it is going to cost. It's going to cost us in terms of our time. Uh, we're all going to have to play our part, muck in. We're all going to have to serve as we're able it's going to cost us financially. How many of you have guessed that four new locations, two refurbished buildings, and one orphanage ain't going to be cheap? Did you guess? Did you, did you work that out? Clever people. Clever people. I'm not going to steal Pete's thunder. He's going to share next week what the actual cost will be. So you've got to tune in next time to hear that. So it's going to cost us. But if you think about what we might just achieve by doing this, think about all the things those guys have shared about especially all the need that exists in our city. If you think about what we might just achieve, and if you think about what Jesus has sacrificed for us, hopefully you will realize that every hour you give and every penny you sacrifice will be worth it. David Livingstone was a Scottish missionary in the the 19th century who during his time in Africa faced amazing hardships beyond anything you could probably comprehend. He was frequently ill, frequently on the point of death because of illness. And uh, he was sick and malnourished at one particular point. All his teeth fell out. Now, even, even Paul's still got on all his teeth, so he hasn't suffered that much for Jesus. All his teeth fell out and his 
He was so malnourished that he became a skeleton to the point where he saw his reflection in a stream or a river one day, and he literally scared him because he looked so bad. And uh, he lost his wife in Africa to malaria, I think at least one child as well. And about a decade afterwards, he himself died of malaria. And this is what he said about sacrifice. He said, people talk of the sacrifice I've made in spending so much of my life in Africa. Can that be called a sacrifice which is simply acknowledging a great debt we owe to God, which we can never repay? It is emphatically no sacrifice. Rather, it is a privilege. Anxiety, sickness, suffering, danger, forgoing the common conveniences of this life, these may make us pause and cause our spirit to waver and the soul to sink. But let this only be for a moment. All these are nothing compared with the glory that shall be later be revealed in and through us. I never made a sacrifice. Of this we ought not to talk when we remember the greatest sacrifice which he made who left his father's throne on high to give himself for us. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to thank you so much for everything that you have given for us. Thank you that just like David Livingston said, you left your father's throne You left his presence to come and be with us, and you gave your very self. You gave your blood. You gave your body to be broken at Calvary for us. Lord, if we took time to think on that and meditate on that afresh, we would only be led to conclude that anything we can give back to you would be worth it. So church, I want to encourage you, try not to be distracted by what's going on with the furniture, but I just want to encourage you this morning to be just in awe again of what Christ has done for you, what God has done for you in Jesus Christ. And just make a decision that because of everything he's done for you, you're going to do your best to live a life of significance and purpose and indeed a life of sacrifice for him. Maybe you've been challenged by some of the things that the folk have shared. Maybe God has been speaking to you about what you need to do or be involved with over the next five years or more. And maybe you're even just here as a visitor and you're thinking, man, I I think God's saying I should either stay or, or contribute in some way to this vision. Well, you just work that out between you and God just now. It's possible, though, that there are some folks here who don't yet know Jesus. And uh, I know today has been a lot about sharing the plans of the church over the next five years, but really um, what this whole, the whole bigger context of this 2020 vision is that Jesus has given everything for us, and we want to in some way just respond to what he's done for us by giving our lives for him. It's possible, though, you're here today and you don't know Jesus. The stark reality is that if you don't know Jesus and you died tomorrow, you would be on your way to a lost eternity without him. And folks, God is the giver of everything good. Everything good in your life that you have, it came from him. That's what the Bible teaches. And if you're out of his presence, that means that all of that good stuff, all of the things that you've experienced, the blessings of this life, all of that will be removed and all you've got left is emptiness and darkness. And the Bible teaches that that's, that's going to be your existence for eternity. And that's a very, very sobering thing. So if you're here today and you're saying, Graham, you know what? I don't want to be in that place and I need that Jesus you've talked about. I believe in him. I believe he died for me, just like he died for everyone else in this room. He died for me, and I choose to respond to him this morning. If you're here in that boat today, and you're saying, Graham, I want to give my life to Jesus, would you do me a quick favor and just lift your hand? Let me know that you want to pray a prayer. And if there's anyone here, then I'll pray a prayer with you. Is there anyone here that needs to do that this morning? 
just lift your hand. No one really looking at this moment except me and maybe one or two others. So if you, if you are here and you're saying, Graham, I want to give my life to Jesus, um, just acknowledge that by lifting your hand. I'm not seeing anyone, uh, but this lady over here on my left, Lauren, um, if she, if you did make that decision or you want to make that decision this morning, you want to give your life to Jesus and you'd like to ask somebody or pray with somebody, then just as we're all standing to, to sing this last song, if you can go with Lauren to the welcome area at the back, she'd be happy to pray with you and give you a Bible and help you take that next step. Let's stand. Let's worship God.